Hi everyone, welcome to Understand the Bible. We're going to be looking at Psalm 9 today, a thought for the week, and we're looking at how God cares about justice. But before we get into that, uh, I'd just like to mention a couple of things. Um, if you're new to this channel, if you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook, or if you're on the podcast, I just want to say welcome. Please do explore the rest of the channel. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe if you like this, you want to see more like this. On YouTube, you can click the little subscribe button down below. On Facebook, you can just click the like button for the page. Or if you're on the podcast, well, however your podcast provider uh, lets you do it. If you subscribe, then you won't miss an episode. Do check out the website as well. That's understandthebible.uk as there's a lot more content. There's some written content on there, uh, courses available, um, all to sort of help you understand Christianity. So do have a look at that as well. So um, yeah, thanks for, for bearing with me. Let's get on with, uh, with Psalm 9. Now, social justice has become a big issue. You might uh, think about, for example, the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, which kicked off particularly, I think, in 2020, earlier on this year. And, you know, when George Floyd was killed, there were big protests. There were big protests in the UK as well as in America, all across the world, actually. And, you know, this this whole thing about, you know, uh, writing an injustice, you know, how uh, black people often have been uh, not been treated well. And you know, we want to correct that that kind of injustice. And that's been a really one of the most significant things about 2020, I think. But what does God have to say about justice? And is it something that we, we as Christians should, uh, should care about? And that's what we're going to be looking at through Psalm 9. I think Psalm 9 is very much a psalm of justice. Now, Psalms 9 and 10 go together. Um, they were most likely originally one psalm. But we're actually going to to treat them separately. That's kind of how they've how they've come down to us. So we're going to treat them separately. So I'm going to do Psalm 9 this week and then Psalm 10 next week. I'm going to read it out first and then we'll go through it. So Psalm 9. I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, O Most High. My enemies turn back, they stumble and perish before you. For you have upheld my right and my cause, sitting enthroned as the righteous judge. You have rebuked the nations and destroyed the wicked. You have blotted out their name for ever and ever. Endless ruin has overtaken my enemies. You have uprooted their cities. Even the memory of them has perished. The Lord reigns forever. He has established his throne for judgment. He rules the world in righteousness and judges the peoples with equity. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Sing the praises of the Lord enthroned in Zion. Proclaim among the nations what he has done. For he who avenges blood remembers. He does not ignore the cries of the afflicted. Lord, see how my enemies persecute me. Have mercy and lift me up from the gates of death, that I may declare your praises in the gates of daughter Zion, and there rejoice in your salvation. The nations have fallen into the pit they have dug. Their feet are caught in the net they have hidden. The Lord is known by his acts of justice. The wicked are ensnared by the work of their hands. The wicked go down to the realm of the dead. 
all the nations that forget God. But God will never forget the needy. The hope of the afflicted will never perish. Arise, Lord, do not let mortals triumph. Let the nations be judged in your presence. Strike them with terror, Lord. Let the nations know they are only mortal. So this psalm, I think, is all about justice. Um, he starts out, David, in verses 1 and 2 with a fairly you know, standard way of, of uh, opening psalms, giving thanks to God, telling of his, his wonderful deeds, singing his praises. And then in verses 3 to 6, we find that David is actually the one who was or even who is oppressed. He says, you have upheld my right and my course, sitting enthroned as the righteous judge. So he's, he looks back at how God has upheld his cause when people have been um, you know, oppressing him, when people have been you know, fighting against him. You know, David knew what it meant to be oppressed. You know, David knew what it meant to be someone on the run who had been treated badly, who had been treated unfairly. And he said that God has vindicated him. Now, why does David speak like this now when, as we find out a bit later in the psalm, that he is currently going, you know, being oppressed as well? Why does David speak as if it's already true? And the answer is, I believe, that David is looking back to times when God has acted in this way. God has upheld his righteous cause. But, um, and, and that's true regardless of his current circumstances. So what he's doing is he's looking back and saying, you know, God, you treated me like this in the past. Now, please, in, in the future or in my current situation, help me. And his confidence is based on the way that God has treated him in the past. And so then um, he says in verses uh, 7 to 10, the Lord reigns, he's established his throne for judgment. He rules the world in righteousness. He judges the peoples with equity. He's a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And so David reminds himself of the characteristics of God, of what God is like. He reigns, he's just, he's righteous. He judges everyone fairly you know, with equity and he's a refuge. And he says, uh, you, Lord, uh, have never forsaken those who seek you. So all those who seek the Lord, God never turns away. He always listens to those who seek him, especially those who seek him in times of trouble. And um, and then he goes on in verses 11 and 12 to, to sing the praises of God again. And why is that? Verse 12, for he who avenges blood remembers he does not ignore the cries of the afflicted. So God is the one who, who avenges and he does not ignore the cries of the afflicted. And I was thinking, you know, how good is that? What wonderful good news is it that God does not ignore the cries of the afflicted? Too often we hear in society about how the cries of the afflicted are ignored. And this happens a lot. Um, it happens in society. Um, a few months ago, I was watching a video, an interview with um, Dr. Ella Hill, who is a grooming gang survivor. She was raped and she was treated very badly. And unfortunately, because of the culture of the police at the time and the, the culture of society, it's still like that a bit today. But she was basically ignored and they didn't take her, her claim seriously. And that's the way that, unfortunately, it, it was. 
Um, so that happens in society, but also sadly in the church. You know, there have been ongoing over the last few years um, an inquiry into sexual abuse in the church and how victims have been treated in the church is not much better. Um, really and too often the victims of the abuse feel like they've been ignored and sidelined it can it's so so easy just it's just par for the course in our world isn't it that those who are victims and oppressed are, are ignored and treated badly but God never ever uh, forgets and he always listens to those uh, he hears the cries of the afflicted he does not ignore them but he hears them that's really good news. So David then, he moves on, verses 13 and 14. He, he cries out for help to God. He said, Lord, see, look, look, watch, look what my enemies are doing. See, are you not looking? See what my, how my enemies are persecuting me. He said, have mercy and lift me up so that I may declare your praises and rejoice. He says, Lord, you've treated me well. You've helped me. You've saved me in days gone by. Please do that again. Help me, save me so that I may praise you, so that you may be seen as, as the righteous God that you are. And then in verses 15 to 18, he says, the nations have fallen into the pit they have dug. Their feet are caught in the net they've hidden. You know, I think I mentioned in a previous uh, thought for the week about the boomerang effect of evil. It's um, a lovely phrase from Alec Matea on the Psalms. But you know, the, the way that evil comes back at us, that those who dig a pit fall into it themselves. And this isn't just kind of a cause and effect. You know, this isn't just the way that the universe works. But it is actually a work of God. And this is what it says, verse 16. The Lord is known by his acts of justice. The wicked are ensnared by the work of their hands. That's the way God works. That's the way that God has set up the world. That you know, it isn't just the case that the, the wicked fall into the pit that they've dug. But God makes them fall into the pit, as it were. And it works eternally, we see in verse 17. The wicked go down to the realm of the dead. All the nations that forget forget God that you know when people ignore God and his ways and his and his world then there is judgment even if it's not in this life it will be in in the life to come but verse 18 and this is um, if you want to write out a verse stick it on you know to remind yourself or or whatever this is the verse I would choose from this psalm but God will never forget the needy the hope of the afflicted will never perish well that that is hope. That is hope for social justice. That is hope for the oppressed, isn't it? God will never forget the needy. The hope of the afflicted will never perish. That's good news. And that's something that we need to hold on to. And so David finishes off this psalm, verses 19 and 20. He says, Arise, do not let mortals triumph. Let the nations be judged in your presence. Let the nations know they're only mortal. So it's a call for God to act and it's a call for God to act even not just on individuals but even on nations who oppress you know because we know that oppression can happen at a, an individual level but also at a national uh, level and God is bigger and God can act even even on nations who who oppress so what can we learn as we come to the end of this psalm they're just I've got three things here which I want to to suggest the first thing is that we should care about injustice and we should stand up for the oppressed. 
I think it's a significant thing in the Bible that uh, injustice and oppression are something that we need to stand up against because as we've seen God does care about it so we do need to uphold the cause of those who are oppressed. I'd just like to add one little caveat here and we don't really have the time to go into it in, in great detail but just to say that you know, as we've seen that sometimes that the way that society goes about caring for justice and the oppressed is not the same as the way God uh, goes about it. You know that there are fashionable causes like Black Lives Matter of course has got massive support but there are unfortunately kinds of oppression which go unnoticed by society and we need to be careful when we are when we throw our weight behind the cause that we're actually you know fighting for the genuine oppressed rather than you know I think uh, our society at the moment likes to see everything in terms of oppression and the oppressor um, and I don't think that's right you know we need to to make to be wise in in choosing if you like who it is that we see as the the one who's oppressed and, and taking up their their cause so we need to be careful with that we don't really have time to go into that now the second thing is we need to encourage those who are oppressed those who've been oppressed to seek the Lord because ultimately it's him who can fix things who, who can sort things out so we need to encourage the oppressed to seek God uh, he is the one who cares and, and who can deal with with these things in a way that we can't which kind of leads us on to the third thing that we need to remember that we are limited now there's a limit to what what a protest can do there's a limit to what writing to an MP can do or what the government can do or, or all of the ways that we can take action but God is not limited God is able to, to judge justly even nations he's bigger even than that and God can do and give it and God can give us a heart for justice and God can can change things even in a way that we can't so let's uh, let's take a moment to pray as we come to the end just that we would have a right heart God's heart for justice and that we would seek him um, for for looking for the way ahead for justice rather than you know just thinking that we can solve everything by our own strength so let's pray as we close Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God of justice and we pray that you would help us to be people who care about justice as you do and to stand up for the oppressed. Please give us real wisdom in doing that and please help us to, to know that although we are limited, you are a God who can do uh, even more than we can ask or imagine, that you, can, you are the only one who can truly um, right injustices and make things make things right judge us with equity so please help us to trust you this day lord in jesus name amen well thanks very much for watching everyone like i said at the start do please um, like or subscribe or whatever uh, wherever you're watching or listening to this and do check out the website that's understandthebible.uk for lots more content and i'll put all of the, the links down in the description below thanks very much everyone and i hope to see you again for another session very soon until then, God bless.